0: But it doesn't have to be complicated. The holidays can be hard in general, but I've found that they're even harder when we're grieving the loss of someone we love. So, in today's episode, I'm sharing some of the tips that I've used to get through the holidays that you may find helpful if you're grieving or if you're like me, and the holiday season brings back a lot of sometimes sad memories. In case you're not familiar with my story, my first experience with death and grieving was when I was four. It's actually my first memories that, to this day, I can remember like it happened yesterday. I actually recently just reprocessed this memory with my EMDR therapist, so I think I'll be able to talk about it without crying or maybe not. So I had a sister. Her name was Melissa. And she was one year older than me. And she died of cancer the week after she turned six. And my parents would never be the same. They were depressed and detached from each other, from me. And that had a really, really profound effect on me growing up. I always felt alone and misunderstood and I was a really, really sad child. I would be in class and burst into tears, and I would get picked on and bullied for being the weird, sad girl that's always crying. So I'd say my mental health struggles started when I was four, when my sister died, and my mental health struggles went undiagnosed for decades. So fast forward to 2015, My son's father and I had been together for about three and a half years and he died in a car accident shortly after the new year. We still had our Christmas tree up and that's something that's always stuck with me because it was the first tree that we bought together and I wanted it to be really big with a train track going around it for our son to see when he woke up on Christmas Day. So the Christmas tree was actually still up when he died. And I think one of my friends had to come take it down because I just couldn't do it. I moved back to Maryland where I was born and raised because I'd been living in Los Angeles for 10 years prior. Moved back to Maryland and the following year, my mother dies of cancer just a few days before her 70th birthday. And she died on October 30th, which is basically the start of the holiday season at least in the United States, right? And she loved Christmas so much. It was probably the only time she was actually happy. She would decorate the whole house and she'd cook all day on Christmas Eve and she would sing and she was known for her beautiful voice, where I get it from. And it was like she would just muster up all of her energy just to be happy for one day because every other day, She was battling with her mental health and later on her physical health. And losing my mom like that and watching her health decline so quickly was one of the biggest reasons I got into health coaching and weight loss coaching, because I learned that a lot of these illnesses are preventable if you manage your stress levels and if you're managing your nutrition properly. And I didn't know that before. And then the following year, I had to put my 15-year-old Shih Tzu, Sugar Baby, to sleep And I'd had him since he was two months old, and he literally went everywhere with me. And I didn't think that putting him down would affect me the way it did. But I still remember holding him and feeling the life leave his body. And I cried like a baby that day. And I share all of this because everyone's story is different. And we all process grief in our own way. But it's one of those things that we aren't taught to process. And I don't think it's talked about enough because it's uncomfortable, But when it comes to the holidays, the holidays can be really triggering for some of us or really sad because there's this commercialized expectation of being merry and joyful and grateful, right? So emotions are already heightened during this time. Adding grief to that can really be difficult to deal with because your loved ones who are no longer physically here are in your memories and you're wishing they were here. And so there's a much higher degree of sadness in general. And there's also traditions that maybe used to involve your loved ones that aren't here anymore. And so that can be really challenging to cope with because you may be thinking, what's there to celebrate? What's there to be joyful for when you don't even want to get out of bed, let alone be around people? And traditions are important because they give us a sense of stability, community, and belonging. So if you were accustomed to a certain tradition, like going to your grandmother's house or your mom's homemade dessert, and that person's no longer here in physical form, that can really affect you emotionally. It's actually called a secondary loss. When you lose something that you count on as a form of stability, because you experience a loss all over again. So traditions are really important for our stability. And when the tradition is gone, it can really hurt and make celebrating the holidays even more difficult. So one thing I suggest when it comes to holiday traditions and rituals is to decide what traditions are important to keep and what are some new ones that you can start doing. And this is important because it gives you the opportunity to honor and memorialize the memory of someone who's no longer here if you want to in a way that feels emotionally safe for you. Some people choose to say a prayer or a toast or have a moment of silence before the holiday dinner to honor their loved ones. Some people will have an empty chair at the dinner table as a way to include their loved ones in spirit or maybe hang their Christmas stocking up. You can incorporate your loved one's favorite things like their favorite foods, music, memories, maybe buy gifts for them and donate them to charity or volunteer for a cause that was really important to them. There's a lot of things that we can do to affirm the life and the legacy of our loved ones and include it in our holiday celebration. So I just encourage you to try to not throw out all the traditions just because that person is no longer here. Because if it's important to you and if it holds a legacy for you and for your family, it's important to hold on to that in any way that you comfortably can. My next tip is to get really clear on what you need to get through the season. What kind of support do you need? And communicate that with those around you. One thing I've noticed is that people genuinely want to help when they know that someone's grieving, but they don't always know how. They may feel awkward or uncomfortable or afraid to upset you even more if they say the wrong thing. So it's important to advocate for what you need so that you don't feel alone and so that you don't feel isolated. My next tip is to set an intention on what you want to focus on this holiday season and then give yourself more time and more space than you think you need because one thing I know about grief is that it can come over you unexpectedly and catch you off guard. So you want to protect your emotions and your energy as much as you can. Avoid situations that are going to drain your energy because you may be extra sensitive during this time. By setting your intention, it's as simple as asking yourself, what do I want this holiday to mean this year? And just focus on that. If it's just to honor your loved one, if it's just to reconnect with family, if it's just to have a quiet day alone, just find that one intention and let that be your guide throughout the day. If you don't set an intention and you don't create a plan and you say, you know what, I'm just going to wake up and see how I feel that day, that puts you on a very slippery slope to getting overwhelmed by your emotions. So one thing that you can do is have two sets of plans in case you change your mind. Then you could implement plan B and you don't have to stress yourself out trying to figure out a solution when you're in the midst of heightened emotions. Because one thing I know is that when emotions are high, our intelligence is low. And what I've learned from grieving during the holiday is that setting boundaries is even more important. And so is honoring yourself and taking care of your emotional well-being as much as you can. And sometimes that means that you don't want to be bothered. And that's also okay. One thing that's helped me with coping with losing so many people that I loved so much is actually something that I learned as a child. And I don't remember if someone said it to me or if I heard it on TV or where, but Even as a little girl, I always felt my sister's presence, and I would talk to her. I knew that she wasn't physically there, but we were still very much connected in the spirit realm. I've actually had more than one psychic medium tell me that a girl with really long hair follows me around everywhere I go, and that's definitely my sister. She had beautiful long hair, and I remember my mom being devastated when the chemo made her hair fall out. A few days after my son's father died, I was laying in our bed and I was wearing his pajamas and my bed started shaking. And I thought it was an earthquake, but it wasn't. I know that it was him getting my attention. I especially know that he watches over our son, Christian, as does my mom. With my mom, I laid next to her and I held her until she took her last breath and I promised her that I would take care of my dad and that I would make her proud. And that first holiday season without her was brutal, but I never wanted my son to have to miss out on enjoying the holidays and on having memories because my son was three when he lost his father and had just turned five when he lost his grandmother. And I remember being four and losing my sister and being confused and not understanding why everyone was just always sad So I just thought that being sad was normal. And I never wanted my son to think that being sad is normal. So I made sure to still get a Christmas tree and put up lights and play my mom's favorite music and cook her favorite meals, just like she used to do. Grief does not take a holiday. One of my favorite grief quotes is by Vicki Harrison. And she says, "'Grief is like the ocean. It comes in waves, ebbing and flowing. Sometimes the water is calm, and sometimes it's overwhelming. All we can do is learn to swim. And I almost forgot to mention, I'm going to put a few of the books that I've read on grief in my show notes in case you're interested. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross has two really good books on grieving. One of them is called On Grief and Grieving, and the other one is called On Death and Dying. And there's also a book by David Kessler called Finding Meaning, The Sixth Stage of Grief. So I just wanted to share those with you as well. All right, my friends, that's all for today. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in this week and trusting that none of this has to be complicated. At the end of the day, I want you to feel empowered to know that you can have the health, the body, and the life that you desire. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and tag me on Instagram while listening at It's Eva Rodriguez so that I can support you along your journey. I'll talk to you next week.